<laughs> All right. Hello, and welcome to the first episode ever of Superhero Fatigue. I'm Rin Malone, joined by my co-host... Jacob Helker. Christian Cook. And today, we're here to talk about Batman the Movie from 1966, just in case you weren't tired of hearing about heroic porpoises. Which, in my opinion, is probably my favorite line I've ever heard, not just in a superhero movie, but maybe in any movie I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Good God, I love it. Yeah, the amount of exploding and just, like, animals not acting like animals do in real life in this movie is spectacular. Well, and I mean, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Well, I think, I I mean, I I don't want to jump the gun or anything like that, but I think that it's necessary to prepare people for just how ridiculous, not just wildlife, but human beings as animals act in this movie. This is, it's like Batman woke up in the Wizard of Oz, and it's, it's just not... We're going to shit on this movie a lot, so if you like it, don't listen to this podcast because we're going to mock it. Well, Christian's going to certainly shit on this movie a lot, and possibly Jacob. Um, maybe not so much from me, but uh, I've, I've certainly got some things to say about it myself. I think that it has entertainment value, don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. It's not like, uh, I mean, it's not like watching Baby Geniuses or anything like that, but <laughs> the... Uh, That's a trip. But the idea of this movie being like a cinematic masterpiece is pretty ridiculous. And even the, I mean, which I, we should have known what we were getting into because we know what the TV show is like oh, and everything yeah. like that. Which, mind you, I was looking it up on uh, IMDb because I was looking for uh, facts to pad my notes because I saw Ren's notes and do not have nearly as many as he does. <laughs> I have less notes than any of you guys. But uh, I looked it up. That show won Emmys. People awarded that well show. Well deserved. Well, it was well the 60s. Deserved. Everyone was taking LSD. It had lots of bright colors. People liked it. I mean, I, I guess. Uh, also, ooh, one more thing to prepare yourself for is the insane amount of labels in this movie. And I don't mean oh, like... Oh, yeah. I've got I do, some stuff in my notes about I, that. I, I don't mean like socioeconomic labels. I mean like water fountain. Adam West solo kept the label making business in business. There is an actual label in this movie labeled Quick Costume Changer on the way down <laughs> to the Batcave as they're sliding down the 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 fire poles bat poles yeah the bat poles everything is bat everything (laughs) they have to be labeled they can't just decide all right adam you go down this one all right bert you go down this one no they have to have labels so the actors know which pole they're supposed to slide down i'm fully convinced that until the day that he died adam west every time he pulled his pants down to use the restroom he had his right nut labeled r and his (laughs) left nut labeled l just i it might not have been for the sake of the show i think it might have just been for the sake of adam west being like oh well it says to do this in the script and i don't know what's the hell one of these doohickeys is that bat r and bat l bat r and bat l (laughs) i guess before we get too deep into it uh for people who don't know and just to start us off uh this movie does star adam west r.i.p uh as batman god rest his soul burt ward as robin lee merriweather as the catwoman uh, Julie Newmar portrayed Catwoman in the first season before this and the second season after, but she apparently didn't know about the movie and signed up for another project and 
I guess by the time she found out, it was too late to back out of the other project. She was a woman. They didn't have to tell her anything. She exactly. This was the it. 1960s, folks. Uh, Eartha Kitt replaced Newmar in the third season, but that really has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, Cesar Romero was the Joker. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. Alan Napier as Alfred. Neil Hamilton as Commissioner Gordon. And Stafford Rep is Chief O'Hara, plus a few <laughs> others, but those are really the only ones that matter. See, Rin and uh, Christian are both way more familiar with comics, and so I'm really not sure. But is Chief O'Hara supposed to have that thick of an accent? Like, is he an immigrant in the well, comics? Or? He, that I remember. He actually, if I remember correctly, I've got something about it in my notes, but he debuted in the show and then they later introduced him yeah, into I Detective Comics, but he's never really been a big presence in the comics. Thank God, because I thought <laughs> the idea of, like, the largest... I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be, like, xenophobic or anything. Here, sure. But it seems like, you know, in, in this universe, this is, like, one of the largest cities in the United States, I assume. It's like... <laughs> and yeah. It just seems so weird to me to have, like, a chief of police with quite possibly the <laughs> thickest accent I've ever it's like I'm uh, uh, it's like I'm watching Star Trek uh, what, what is his name the oh uh, Scotty yeah Scotty G- Jesus how did I not remember James that? Doohan I, I believe is his yeah name. It, it, that's uh, that's exactly how I, I felt though yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've actually um, I've got written in my notes Irish officers to Irish I, th- I think is he I, I think, think he's, he's Scottish, Scottish. <laughs> I thought he was Irish. Oh, I no. have no idea what he is. Uh, uh, Scottish and Irish people <laughs> listening in, we apologize. I know. Stop coming to my fucking country. Stop um, ruining it. Yeah. It, my, this movie premiered July 30th, 1966 at the Paramount Theater in Austin, Texas, which is pretty cool. Um, here in Texas, that's where we're recording this, for uh, those who don't know. Um it was between the first and second seasons, like I said. And this movie's an hour and 45 minutes long, and it feels like it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's thoroughly entertaining throughout, uh, one way or another, but it definitely starts to drag in a lot of places. Um, anyway, I guess to start everything off, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, there is a little... Uh, a little bit of reading to do. It says, Acknowledgement, we wish to express our gratitude to the enemies of crime and crusaders against crime throughout the world for their inspirational example. To them and to the lovers of adventure, lovers of pure escapism, lovers of the ridiculous and the bizarre, to fun lovers everywhere, this picture is respectfully dedicated. There's like a roving spotlight and it falls on a couple kissing and then one last little bit comes up and says, if we've overlooked any sizable groups of lovers, we apologize. The producers. <laughs> this is, hey nerds, we made this movie for you. As though we the, forgot about you specific nerds. We're sorry, I guess. I just imagine the entire like early pornography industry at that point just cried out in rage. <laughs> like, what about us? We're lovers, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, they don't love anything. But it kind of <laughs> sounds like, you know, considering Batman and Robin are like vigilantes, it sounds a little bit like they are condoning uh, vigilantes in this. Oh, they uh, condone vigilantes in this acknowledgement. A lot in this movie. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Of course, as we find out later, uh, Batman and Robin in this universe are fully deputized agents of the law. <laughs> Somehow, that, that works. Special Agent Batman. 
I know. Squire Robin. The police have absolutely no duties or like any useful input to any. They're just sitting on their asses waiting for Robin and Batman (laughs) to figure everything out. And these two are not very capable people for the most part, unless the plot just bends it in their favor. Yeah. Like, I. Like, I imagine that, like, no matter what it is, like, if a police officer has to testify in court because of a traffic stop that he made or something, he's like, eh, I'll just get Batman to do <laughs> Batman it. Batman can figure this <laughs> yeah. out for me. Yeah, just, yeah. I'll let him, uh, I'll let I'm him see the report. He's Irish fine. <laughs> I noticed right They're at the all beginning. Irish cops. <laughs> I noticed in the beginning of the credits, uh, they say, and the rogues gallery of villains, and they list, uh, all the villains and who played the part and they credit her as the Catwoman, which just sounds weird to me like i guess you've got the penguin and the riddler and the joker so it makes sense to add the at the beginning but i you don't really ever hear Catwoman called the Catwoman. that just I sounds mean, silly even the halle berry Catwoman movie she wasn't ever called it wasn't the Catwoman. The Catwoman, uh, the movie. I, have, I have a lot of things that i would like to call Halle Berry's Catwoman. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, but that's that's coming up in a <laughs> that's very, for another very year. long time. Yeah, there are like <laughs> there are like six hundred superhero movies between here and there. Ooh, uh, something that I did want to note is that uh, the idea for this podcast literally came from a Wikipedia page that's just list of comic book movies, and we were like, yeah, you know. We could talk about all of these yeah. chronologically in a row. Yeah, Jacob and I had always kind of <laughs> talked about wanting to do a podcast together, and it usually had something to do with movies. And uh, I was just here one Christian day. was just lucky enough to be <laughs> in the room while we were really discussing superhero movies I one day. I think it was while we were and watching uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I believe it was, yes. Yeah, a, a lot of times whenever uh, Christian will, will come over to my house or something like that, um, We'll, we'll pick a superhero movie and we'll watch it. And he comes over at around about the same time every afternoon, sometime between like two and three. So we'll eat and then around four we'll start this movie. And then Rin usually gets home a little bit after five and will walk into my house and not say a word, won't say hello, won't even set like his things down, won't go to his room, won't do anything, just sits down in the chair and wordlessly we'll all begin watching the same superhero movie, which oftentimes <laughs> is some variation of a Spider-Man movie. Usually, uh, yeah. Although it was The Matrix one time, which <laughs> is a whole other ridiculous story. But hey, he's got superpowers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but is it a comic book movie, though? I mean, they made comics afterwards. The Animatrix doesn't count as a comic book, though. Is it a comic in book format? No, it's a, it's a cartoon. I don't know. I've never. Re- I don't care enough about the Matrix to read the outsourced I material. I don't know. There was there was this short, uh, there was this short of the Matrix whenever I was younger. Uh, it was it was one of the Animatrix episodes, and it was like this man and woman fighting in the dojo with katanas. And I remember because they started like cutting the clothes off of each other, and I only remember it specifically because it aired on Spike TV. Uh, which I was like tentatively allowed to watch like whenever they did the James Bond marathons I was allowed to watch that and then uh, outside of that I was not allowed to watch Spike TV Uh, and (laughs) that was like my late night like mom and dad have gone to bed and now I can see not even a naked cartoon woman but just like a cartoon woman wearing like a tube top and that was good enough for me (laughs) I guess (laughs) oh my I had Cinemax when I was ah yeah see no Cinemax here unless we got the free previews and then the channels were always locked although 
uh, just in case you're listening, mom and dad, the passcode was 3465 or 1993 or even 1969 or 1968 occasionally. Wait, what was it for sure, though? Well, the I, they, they changed Jacob. it all the time because I would constantly like <laughs> beg them to like tell me the passcode so that I could watch like I don't know the born identity or something and then well, uh, they would have to change it afterwards because you know real sex was on oh, oh my <laughs> oh my indeed well I've got okay, a lot any, of notes on oh, this yeah. movie <laughs> I guess we should probably start actually talking about the movie and not yeah. the animatrix <laughs> uh, let's see the movie opens and uh, there's a yacht that's bringing a revolutionary scientific invention to Gotham City and it remains unnamed for quite a while um, until like the last 15 minutes in the movie pretty much yeah, yeah it's it goes unnamed for quite a bit for no real particular reason which uh, oh go ahead I, I was just going to move on to the next thing oh I was just going to say that the the invention being brought to Gotham is told not through images not through video but through narration like uh like it's a war newsreel type thing talking about our boys in Iwo Jima and it, I swear to god that it uses the exact same like voiceover guy you gotta bring you that dehydrator back boy <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what it's like it's like uh, this was right around the time that I think work started to really dry up for that guy <laughs> But it's it's like they're the trying to convince you that you're watching news of Batman like I guess saving I mean, it, the day from this machine. It's fitting in line with the series, which had a lot of narration. Uh, see, I've never actually seen the series. I've so. seen. Oh it man, you are missing episodes. out. Yeah, I've seen clips from it, but I've never actually sat down and watched it, uh, which is a great or a terrible thing depending on who you talk to. Um, okay, yeah, we should move on. Oh god. <laughs> meanwhile, on a peaceful afternoon motor ride, millionaire Bruce Wayne and his youthful ward Dick Grayson are. <laughs> Yeah, they're just out riding around, and they're summoned to the Batcave by an urgent but anonymous call for help. And uh, so they get back to Wayne Manor, and Alfred and Aunt Harriet are chilling out on the lawn. Aunt and Harriet's very important to the Batman. <laughs> That's true. She, she plays absolutely no a linchpin character role Aunt in Harriet. this plot at Certainly all. Certainly forgot she was in the movie. Um, <laughs> apparently she is Dick Grayson's maternal aunt from Detective Comics, which I never really knew how she was related to the family or what was going on there. If he's got an aunt that's alive, why isn't he Peter Parkering it and, like, living with her? Well, I think in the comics, she has her hands full with, like, a paraplegic husband or so, something else is going on yeah, and so Jesus that is time. that is not nearly as like lighthearted as I, know, I think I would I have know. preferred that um, anyway I notice in this scene Alfred is sitting on a really weird stool it's just like there's no base to it it's it's like a, a stool made specifically for tending to a garden or something I don't know what it is <laughs> I, but it's just kind of like a pole stuck on the ground that he is I mean it's got a seat on top but he's He's sitting on it, and I don't Are know. Just sure it, what? Yeah, can you top? see the seat? I mean, I don't know. Now that I'm thinking is, about it, this is the <laughs> 60s, and people are kind of letting their I mean, hair he's down. He's out there with Aunt Harriet. Uh, Robin is not letting anyone's hair down for this whole movie. Robin is the moral center for this entire film, and he sucks. Oh, uh, I don't there's, know. There's one particular point where he is not the moral oh, center. Oh, I know. We'll movie. get to that. We'll get <laughs> yeah, to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, anyway, Madge Blake, the actress who portrays Aunt Harriet, also appeared on an episode of I Love Lucy that featured a guest appearance from George Reeves as Superman, and her character's name 
was Martha. Hashtag it's all connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, thank God that they put those Easter eggs in there for us so that we could. This movie had a ton of rewatch value. The, the DC universe has been planned way longer than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's, it's has. been centuries. Centuries. Before the invention of the movie, there was the DC Cinematic Universe. Speaking of inventions, the invention and its custodian are in trouble on the yacht, so uh, Bruce pulls the head back on a bust of Shakespeare, revealing a hidden switch that opens a secret access to the bat cave via bat poles behind is, the sliding bookcase oh, in his office. This is where we see our first label. Yes, yes. The poles leading into the Batcave are labeled Batman and Robin. No, nope. talked about that. Dick and Bruce. Dick, yeah, Dick Bruce. And Like, Bruce. why would you want your secret identity names on the poles that lead to... Like, I mean, it's already in your home, I guess. Like, if anybody pulls back the head to that clearly fake statue that you use to open the bookcase to slide down the poles, (laughs) not only are they going to know, oh, those are fireman poles leading somewhere, but they're going to know, as soon as they slide down them, that the Bruce pole turns him into Batman, which is maybe the shittiest way to camouflage a secret identity I've ever heard. You have to flip the lever, though, first. Oh, that's true. You have to you have to flip the the labeled quick costume change lever. Instant costume change lever. Yeah. What's weird though is that it has an up option on it. Like, how the hell does that work? Batman just climbs. It's like a he climbs up it. Oh wait, no, 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 no. No, that makes sense. That makes sense because remember he gets on the bat pole in the bat cave at one point. And there's like a pneumatic lift, and it like lifts him all the way back up. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, Robin calls the airport from the Batmobile's car once they leave, and uh, oh wait, I've got everything in the Batcave is labeled in my notes, and (laughs) yeah, that comes up quite a bit. Yeah, talk about that phone call right quick. Like, is it like the president's red phone to fucking Russia because he doesn't need dial? He just picks it up. And he doesn't have to choose who he's calling. He picks it up, and he's already talking. Well, that's to good him. because, as we learn later, people in this movie are not good at uh, button pushing. Really, <laughs> there's a lot of really oh terrible fake acting for button I know. pushing. I think I know buttons that do instant, nothing. One of the instances that you're thinking of, um, which is definitely in my notes. So, oh, 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 sorry. I was going to say we see our first bat items in this scene, including oh uh, bat angles, bat ladders, uh, and. Bat hold, which I don't know actually what that means. What is that on? I don't know. Bat, bat. It's, bat hold isn't labeled. It's something that Robin says, but I don't remember. Like I, it, It's not that I don't remember what he's talking about. Like it's that I never had any idea to begin he's with. He's going to put someone on bat hold on the phone? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The, the airport's on bat hold. That's why he can just pick it up and start talking. <laughs> he puts him on hold. Just and constantly just... someone sitting on the other end. Your call is very important to us. <laughs> That's the wrong Whoa. Uh So yeah, he calls the airport from the Batmobile's car phone to tell them to ready the Batcopter. And Batman waves like yeah, they get they get to the airport and they get in the Batcopter. And as they're they're flying overhead Gotham, Batman's waving from the Batcopter <laughs> to a group of women in bikinis on a roof. And I don't know if this is supposed to be Hugh Hefner with them or what, but like I I was like, are these Playboy bunnies or just like sixties? bikini girls i don't know yeah i would who cares we got to finally see some skin yeah that's I, true i wrote down <laughs> it, uh, it had been a while in this movie all i wrote down are why bikinis question mark because they're standing on a concrete rooftop in the middle of a metropolitan city there's no beach there's not a swimming pool there's not like well they're sunbathing what or doing Man, aerobics what? or something i don't know it's like 
It's the 1960s. The bikini was like hot and new. They had to show it off. When's the last time you saw somebody sunbathe on the top of like a corporate skyscraper? I think it was back in the 1960s, honestly. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, it was a big phenomenon. It swept Gotham City. It was a huge thing. Yeah, I was, I was, see, I was busy serving my country in Grenada at that time. Mm. And so the memory is lost. You me. don't have to talk about it. Uh, so. <laughs> Cops take off their hats and salute to Batman, and he gives them a thumbs up. And a picnicking couple see the Batcopter, too. Oh, God, not that stupid son of a bitch. I already know who you're talking about. I hate that guy. He's just really excited. He's glad that they're up there. Um, so they approach the yacht, and Batman lowers a rope. And let me just say this right now. The the plot to this movie jumps all over the place. So it, if you're having trouble following along at home, so was I, and I was watching this movie. They went after the fucking submarine like 18 times. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. Oh my gosh, there's so much like it's, going back to the same thing. Yeah, over and I feel like all of the instances of going back to the same thing are built up like, but this is the time that the, the big thing happens and we have that breakthrough. Oh, yep. we're going to get... No, we're not. Yeah, which yeah. is like movies do that. You know, movies will tease you a little bit, but not like five or six this times. This movie didn't tease me. This movie gave me blue balls. That's true. The, well, yeah. Can we talk about how the Batcopter has wings on it? <laughs> they serve. They are purely aesthetic. <laughs> they serve no purpose. I half expected them to flap. Uh, <laughs> I wish they had. Had they? I actually would have thought it was kind of funny and kind of campy, but they they were just there. Well, it's okay. We get a little bit of actually something incredibly similar, which I know for a fact is like four pages into this, and oh. we're now a page and a half in. So, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> Batman lowers a rope ladder and climbs down, and suddenly the yacht just vanishes, and Batman dips into the water before Robin can pull the copter up, and a shark latches onto Batman's leg. First instance of this. Holy sardine, says Robin. The very first Burt Ward. <laughs> We're getting a lot Thank of holies in this those. movie, too. So many. Uh, Batman orders Robin to hand me down the shark-repellent bat spray. <laughs> and on board the Batcopter is an entire selection of oceanic-repellent bat sprays. He's got barracuda, whale, manta ray... And shark repellent. I would really Thank like. God. I would really like to know the chemical difference between barracuda <laughs> bat repellent spray and shark bat repellent spray because I feel like they would work. They would both work I on know either. How often yeah. He's been attacked by like sea yeah. When you have bugs, <laughs> when you have bug spray, it's bug spray. <laughs> yeah. It's not ant spray. I don't, and then I don't, you got yeah, your I don't centipede have fire spray. ant spray and mud dauber spray. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, I wanted to note uh, that Batman, while being attacked by this shark, he sees the shark in the water. Uh, he yells at Robin to pull up on the helicopter to bring him back up so he doesn't get dipped into it with the shark. Uh, however, he's on a ladder and doesn't climb up it. Yeah, as, he, he totally he's lets it happen. The water. Yeah, it's like watching a Friday the 13th kill scene where Jason slowly <laughs> lowers this knife towards somebody and they just go, oh, God, well, oh, then, no. Then, like... <laughs> 20 seconds into this scene, Robin's trying to get the uh, the shark repellent to Batman, who's got a fucking bath toy on it attached to his leg, because that's all the shark is. It's a bath it's toy. Very it's, I have shark pillow pet written in my notes. Very similar items. And so Robin leaves... Like yes. the, the cockpit to sort of hand Batman this yeah, spray. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about helicopters, and so I could be really off base. But doesn't someone need to be flying it? 
I'm Do helicopters sure. just hover by themselves? Yeah, I don't think that helicopters in the 1960s really had say. the autopilot thing down. Yeah. I don't even know if helicopters... Do helicopters have... If you listen to us and you fly helicopters, please let me know if helicopters have autopilot. Surely Give some, like, super modern... Uh, yeah, maybe like a like an unmanned helicopter. I don't know. I See, I shouldn't have turned my phone off because now I want to look this up, but well, now, we need but to continue. But you can tweet us at... Uh, is it just at... Uh, it is at SHF Podcast on Twitter. So okay. please, yeah, if you fly helicopters, tweet us and let us know who's right and who's wrong, or if we're all wrong. Um, so, yeah, Robin descends a rope ladder, and Batman punches the shit out of the shark. <laughs> and he even goes for a battering at one point, I think, but it drops out of his little pouch before he can get to it. But Robin does a sexy little maneuver where he holds onto the rungs of the ladder with his legs and kind of hangs upside down to hand the spray to Batman. This is when I noticed that Burt Ward is not just wearing, like, the shortest green shorts ever made, but he is wearing full-length, flesh-colored pantyhose. Oh, yeah, you can't have those hairy legs showing. And, you know, (laughs) who was that for? That that was for all of us. That's for That's for Batman. Well, what kind of what kind of billionaire <laughs> just goes out on a yacht with a boy who is not his son? Mm. It's his youthful ward. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. I've known lots. I've seen lots of congressmen who had youthful wards. Myself. So he uh, he sprays the shark, which re- releases him, or rather, is lowered away down a very obvious string. <laughs> <laughs> and the shark hits the water and blows up. There yeah. are a lot of exploding sea creatures in this movie. Oh a God, lot. So many. Used as a plot device like three times. Yeah. What was the screenwriter? I mean, it was the 60s, so I think I know what he was doing, but damn. Um, so later, Batman and Robin are at a press conference in Commissioner Gordon's office where everyone wants to know what the hell happened. And Catwoman. Show uh, some goddamn yeah, respect. True. And Catwoman is very obviously in the room, dressed in an all-leopard print or leopard skin clothing. <laughs> Probably the latter, considering the time period. See, you called it um, obvious, and I did not. That's one of the parts of the movie that got me. I was I, not paying enough attention, and I thought it was just some really? Russian woman. Because I wrote I, down in my notes, generic Russian is I, generic. I, I had the exact same problem as you did. Are y'all I, serious? I was like, yes, oh, I, oh, there's I had, Catwoman. No, I had no idea. that the, I, I went into this movie completely blind and yeah. had no idea that Catwoman was even like a part of this movie. And yeah, so I wrote down, I mean, I wrote down 1136 before first evil Russian, which I thought, yeah, that's Cold War <laughs> stuff. But then yeah, it turns out she's not evil. I mean, she's she is decked evil. out completely well, yeah. in this Russian. in this leopard outfit, including like a, I don't know, it's like a tall pillbox hat. Or, I, I don't know fashion. The more you talk about a it, Russian the hat. Sm- the a Russian hat, yeah. Um, um, she's from the Moscow Bugle. Well, <laughs> Moscow Bugle. Uh, let's see. First, Mr. Merrick from the Gotham City Times mentions the disappearing yacht, and Batman acts like he's crazy. He just says, nonsense. How can a yacht simply disappear? And the guy says, you mean it isn't true? And Batman says, I stand on my answer, Mr. Merrick. Like, yeah, but you totally didn't answer the question at all. Nobody no, but the yacht about. disappeared, so... <laughs> So uh, then Mr. Stanley, of the, and there's a reason I'm mentioning these names. It'll come up again later. But uh, Mr. Stanley of the Globe mentions that the yacht belongs to the famous Big Ben Distilleries and that the ship's proprietor, Commodore Schmidlap, brought with him a fantastic invention from the Big Ben Research Laboratories. Once again, they're not naming it. 
And this is all exposition. Batman just wants people to stop asking about the ship, so Mr. Merrick asks about the exploding shark. <laughs> and Batman tells them it swallowed a floating mine, but totally don't worry about that either. This is the worst bat conference ever. Uh, he he seems like weirdly... Uh, I don't know, like, he's, it seems like it's an urgent thing to get the reporter off the idea of the exploding shark. Well, like, like the, why can we not know that the, sh- like, why can we not know that the shark was part of an evil plot? Like, I feel like that would be not harmful for people to know, but he's, it's like he's a CIA agent trying they to They totally it treat up. everyone like they're just really tender and, like, the slightest <laughs> bit of news in this universe. They can, they can literally only know that Batman exists and they can know nothing else. Well, I mean, Batman tiptoes around all their questions the same way Donald Trump very recently tiptoed around calling out the KKK and the white supremacists. It's, it's almost like watching the same news conference. It's like he's sort of mad that he even has to be there. See, you only thought you weren't listening to All Things Considered, but here we are. <laughs> no, getting, getting into the political stuff already. Um, so, yeah, like I said, Catwoman's there, and she's pretending to be a, a Russian woman named Comrade Katanya Irina Tatanya Karinska Alisov from the Moscow Bugle. Kick. Yeah, like that's that's the thing though. She doesn't say that name at all in this list of forty names that she gives. Well, later she has a reason for it, yeah. but I was like, when she first says Kitka, later I was like, you didn't say that in your twenty names well, or forty names. Whatever. Who uses all of them and makes an anagram and goes by that? <laughs> My initials are CKC. I don't tell people to call me. Holy <laughs> shit. It's an anagram. I did not pick up on that <laughs> at all. Yeah, I th- really? I re- that yeah. explicitly <laughs> states it's an anagram. Oh, like, this is does a he really? Of yeah, your name. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just like, why is she going by Kitka? That makes no sense. Right but before it totally the does. And Morse code. Yeah. So uh, she asks him to remove his mask for a picture for the paper, and everyone in the room freaks out about it, especially Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara. Who should be the least freaked out? They're, they should want to know who these two vigilantes are. No, they, deputized agents of the <laughs> law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're full-fledged police officers, question mark? <laughs> I well, you know, if Batman and Robin were to remove their masks, they couldn't be the ace crime fighters that they are. Because they line in the movie. It's like somebody else in the police department calling himself Mr. Cop and just not telling you his real name. <laughs> Mr. Cop. And you're just like, no, you you have to tell us that you can't just not tell us. Do they get but actually officer police what officer? They do? I mean, did they have to sign a W-4 for the police department? <laughs> did they just write down Batman and Robin? Do they have a salary? Like... I'm and, sure. And, and more so, is their salary, because it's a state institution, so is their salary, like, publicly reportable? Can I go on the internet and find out what the salary of Batman and Robin was in 1966? I no, think it just goes straight to the Bat credit card. <laughs> he never leaves the cave without it. It expires forever, I think, is what it's, it's Oh, no, it's good through forever. Yeah, we it's, made this mistake before yeah, in a yeah, previous conversation. It expires forever. So uh, Commissioner Gordon looks very similar to his early appearances in the comic books, uh, sans the mustache. Yeah. He doesn't have a mustache here. He does in the comics. But overall, he looks really similar. He looks pretty close, but I still, and I know there was a reason. I know Cesar Romero's mustache was iconic and everything, 
but I'm watching a Batman movie where Commissioner Gordon doesn't have a mustache and the Joker <laughs> does, and he doesn't even try. You can see the mustache. You can. Through the paint. Yes, you can. But we'll get there. Um, so the two law enforcement reps tell her that they don't even know who Batman and Robin are, and Robin assures her they're not even their relatives whom they live with know, and Batman is just giving her eyes the entire time because he is totally into her. And she... <laughs> She remarks on their curious costumes, comparing them to Western heroes, and the commissioner yells at her, and he's like, Certainly not. Batman and Robin are fully deputized agents of the law. <laughs> Support your police. That's our that. message, says Robin. I thought that was a joke that we were making, because I forgot that they actually make a point to say, yeah. Oh, they're no, they're cops. Yeah, Apparently, they're cops. So do they have badges? Can I request Batman's badge number? They have bat badges. Apparently, if you just throw on a costume, your message is support your police. If you decide to go out and just start kicking crime's ass, that's your message. Yeah, that's the first of Robin's many times where he does everything short of looking directly at the camera and pointing at you and saying, the little don't children. do this bad thing. It's like the... This message brought to you by... It's, it's a PSA, for Yeah, it's, sure. like, it's like the message from arcade machines in the 90s that said, winners are drug-free. <laughs> That's, his entire role in this movie is exactly that, save for one part, which I cannot wait to get to. Dare to say no to everything ever. So Commissioner Gordon tells him he did a great job lying to the press, tells Batman, and uh, O'Hara <laughs> asks him what the hell really happened. And Batman claims it was a ploy to lure him into a trap. While they were trying to kill Batman via shark, I guess, uh, the real yacht was being hijacked elsewhere. Basically, Batman jumps to a whole bunch of conclusions, but he's right because he's Batman. <laughs> of um, course he is. And Batman wonders which super criminals are currently at large, so Gordon has his secretary bring up their profiles on the sweet, closed-circuit uh, TV <laughs> hidden behind a wooden panel in his office. Labeled and, closed-circuit TV. Of course, mind. of oh, course. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the so bat labels have extended Batman. to the police department. Yeah. Oh, well, Gotham, he is a cop. Gotham City, Gotham City has this massive case of amnesia, <laughs> I assume. So uh, the criminals at large are the Penguin, that pompous, waddling master of foul play, maestro of a million criminal umbrellas. <laughs> the Joker, devilish clown prince of crime. If only O'Hara had a nickel for every time he's baffled the police. Uh, the Riddler, uh, loose to plague us with his criminal conundrums, says Batman. And the Catwoman. <laughs> they don't say anything about her. It's because about... they say the Catwoman, and for the 1966, that was just that was all you needed to know. Uh... Wait, wait. Here, here's how they jump to this stupid conclusion. Batman says, "Pretty fishy, what happened to me out on that ladder?" And Gordon's like, "You mean the, where there's a fish, there could be a penguin?" And Robin says, "But wait, it happened at C, C, C for Catwoman." <laughs> Batman says, yet an exploding shark was pulling my leg. And Gordon says, the Joker! And then O'Hara says, it all adds up to a sinister riddle. Riddle-er? Riddler? (laughs) Thus, they discern that all four criminals are likely working together. The conclusions that these people jump to. they, They had to, like, Joker would have had to have planned out the fact that Batman would A, have a letter, and B, would stick that leg out and let the shark grab a hold of his leg. Like, the shark could have jumped and grabbed his arm or his head or could have missed entirely. Yeah, it's but he, for the joke to work... Pulling his leg. <laughs> for the joke to work, 
the shark had to bite onto his leg. If it hadn't bitten his leg, then Batman and all these guys <laughs> wouldn't know what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, I assume... Uh, Can we talk about, wait. though, the most important thing in what? this sequence in the movie? There are four villains. Bat, not Batman. Uh, Catwoman, Riddler, Joker, and uh, Penguin. In the comic books, I've read a lot of comic books, those are, out of all of Batman's rogues gallery, those are the big four. There's a reason they're in this movie. How the hell does Batman not know that his four most dangerous enemies are on the escapade? How does he not know this? I, I wrote in my notes that it's funny that Batman does every single bit of police work in this movie, but then Batman, what I assume his only real job that he should have done is knowing which villains like knowing which supervillains are not in jail right now. <laughs> and the police have to tell him. <laughs> but still they have total blind faith in this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then we get our second uh, oh. saying from oh. Robin, holy, holy nightmare. nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman thinks he knows where they might be able to find a clue, and he and Robin take off to the Batcave. Meanwhile, at the dock, the Russian reporter from uh, the press conference, she arrives in a taxi at Ye Old Binbo Tavern. And they're inside, there are several bar fights taking place and a couple dancing in the middle of the tavern. Uh, anyway, not Catwoman heads to the back up the stairs and some pirate greets her. Ahoy, Catwoman! <laughs> and she slaps the shit out of him for using her real name, real name? in public. <laughs> she was born Catwoman. Right? The Catwoman. Cat the... space woman. No, Ren's right. We forgot about The. Her the... first name is The. Last the Catwoman. Cat her dad was David Catwoman. David Catwoman. <laughs> that was his name. David Catwoman. Although, I will say, this That's is an origin I, story I want to see. I did write down right here, because I wasn't kidding earlier. I wrote down, Russian is Catwoman, because I had no idea. She fooled me. I guess if I couldn't figure out the anagram of Kitka, then I'll, that's okay that you couldn't figure out it was Catwoman all along. Um, so cut to a sign for the United Underworld with a painted depiction of a cartoonish squid squeezing the globe with his tentacles and holding a banner with their slogan, Today Gotham City, Tomorrow the World. <laughs> and the Joker stands under the sign, cackling as he pulls a, a bouquet of flowers out of his sleeve. The Riddler yells at the Penguin about his trained exploding shark like it's not the most impressive, awesome thing I've ever heard of. And the Penguin just yells, quack. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as I can tell from the one minute of research I did online, penguins don't really quack. They make more of a braying sound like a donkey, yeah. which I didn't know that, <laughs> but, but it was kind of cool watching like two minutes of clips. <laughs> but I know, but you know, you have to imagine being like a writer in the 60s, like they have this villain and in the comics, they really don't need to do any, they really don't need to do anything like that. Uh, but in the movie, like... I don't know. I guess since it's kind of a campy, like kind of garish sure. movie, you want to make sure that you play up. This is the period penguin period, and then <laughs> so they wrote this great dialogue. Well, this great dialogue. I did air quotes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's do air quotes on our podcast. <laughs> but they, they cooked up this dialogue that they really liked. They cooked up this story that they were really like, and finally they're about to roll film, and somebody's like, "What fucking sound does a penguin make?" Because you can't, that's not something you can Google in 1966. So I'll give you guys a pass on the penguin quacking, but only just. 
So uh, Penguin and Riddler start a yelling match, and the Joker breaks it up by saying, "Have a shake on me!" Grabbing their hands and electrocuting the shit out of them with oh a hidden God. with hidden hand buzzers. <laughs> that lightning was the worst. Effect yeah, the electricity effects around their bodies—it's red for some reason. I, it's, I don't it's know. So bad. Uh, <laughs> it's just horrible. So Catwoman commands her cat Hecate to scratch out their eyes. Now apparently, Hecate. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. It is a Greek goddess of something. I, I couldn't really find any what she was the Greek goddess of, but I, I also couldn't find any relation to cats, so I don't know where that connection is supposed to come from. But she's related to dogs and pole cats, which are like ferrets and weasels, plus a whole lot of other animals, but also, basically everything but cats. Let's not forget, <laughs> one of the best lines in this whole movie is said at this point, Catwoman sticks her cat on the other three, and the penguin looks at the cat, and after quacking for about 25 minutes, says, get that ravenous panther away from us, because a house cat is a ravenous panther. See, I thought... It's a black house cat, so... I thought you were talking about the next line, where he threatens to feed the cat to his birds, which... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Yeah, yeah. Never in my life have <laughs> That'll I That'll work. Yeah, cats are typically not very afraid of being fed to birds. <laughs> birds on the other hand. Yeah. 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 It so, makes no oh, sense. Oh, you remember Looney Tunes where Tweety Bird terrorizes Sylvester the cat to the point. <laughs> that poor yeah, putty tat. He saw that, Tweety Bird. <laughs> that poor, poor putty tat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh... Um, <laughs> So Joker says he'll incapacitate it with his trick confetti. I don't. I don't know why I even wrote that down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, poor, poor, pretty tat. <laughs> okay. So um. Anyway, they're they're the United Underworld, and Catwoman's scoffing about that and saying they're about as united as the members of the United World Headquarters on Gotham East River. Great exposition. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to come up later. In the Surely not. There's a bookshelf in the room separated into different sections for each criminal, and it's all labeled, of course. And there's an aquarium with fish in it labeled penguin food. I'm surprised everyone just doesn't have their name tattooed on their foreheads. <laughs> and then there's a... There <laughs> should... That's why Batman wears the mask, because he labeled himself. Well, they Who's did that right? with Suicide Squad, though. Oh, no, but that Which was, was enough damage. for that everything what ever. what names are, just what they are inside. And Jared Leto's so hurt, man. There needs to be a cage with cats in it that says, uh, bird food. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made me laugh. <laughs> Very few parts of this movie made me Poor putty tats, the wad of them. (laughs) So they ask Catwoman how her disguise worked at the press conference, and she says, perfectly, perfectly. You know, like a person. Yeah. And she talks about her disguise as Kitka. And that's when they first mention it. Because I have in my notes that was not one of the 20 names she listed, but we've already covered that. (laughs) So we also learn that they're holding Commodore Schmidlap, the proprietor of the yacht, captive. But they're like, they're keeping him in a room that's designed to look like a captain's quarters, complete with like a foghorn and a fog machine blowing outside a a porthole. And uh, the Commodore is, I guess, constantly ringing for tea. 
And so he rings for his tea, and the Joker delivers it. And the Commodore thinks they're fogbound off the Grand Banks, but he's just he's anxious to get to Gotham and deliver the device that worth that's worth millions of Yankee dollars. Pip pip. Man, I sure tell you what, those British <laughs> motherfuckers sure love their tea. God. That's true. Pip, pip. That's true. Pip, pip. I looked up Pip, Pip, by the way, and it means goodbye because he's finished with his conversation with the Joker, who he thinks is just, like, seasick. He just needs to get fresh air. (laughs) He doesn't even question. You know how you get paint on your mustache when you're sick? Admittedly, I actually really liked the character of Commodore Schmidlap because... What? I, I, I did, I did, yeah, because I thought that... I don't know, the idea of, like having a hostage that really doesn't know that he's a hostage is actually pretty hilarious to I me. Mean, I mean, I liked say it. I liked the character, but I, I don't I didn't hate him. He so, he did his job. He just like he disappears completely out of this movie for like an <laughs> hour and and then next time you see him he's got I mean, allergies. Not that he ever matters or or whatever, but um Anyway, outside the fake room that they're keeping him in, there's a pirate in a rocking chair blowing a foghorn and ringing a bell and splashing some water around and moving a picture of the sea around. And uh, so just to kind of create the illusion that he is still at sea. And uh, the bad guys are worried that Batman and Robin will soon catch on. So um, the Penguin commands some of their pirate guys to prepare their submarine for sea. And all their... I guess all their little henchmen throughout this movie are dressed as pirates. We should say that now. I don't think they're dressed as pirates. I think they're just pirates. Pirates? You think they <laughs> are? I, I, I honestly wasn't God. sure. They came from Neverland, landed in Gotham, <laughs> and now they're just actual I could buy pirates. that. I could buy that. It makes more sense than anything else in this movie. I could buy it a little. And I mean... <laughs> Another thing, as far as I can remember, this is the only scene in the movie in which the Riddler wears a suit. In every other scene, he's wearing a full-body spandex outfit, which was kind of cool that they worked in both of his... Not full-body, because, I mean, he's wearing, like, a one-piece swimsuit with, like, green pantyhose underneath that. There's a lot of pantyhose in this All the costumes look like... It looks like they... I mean, uh, probably, they went to the same, like, costumer or tailor or whatever for all these costumes... They do, however, all look like they're made out of the same fabric. And yeah. it's, like, not its not good, like, solid, super crime-fighting-looking fabric. It looks like they're fighting each other wearing, like, craft store felt. They they're are, wearing the Mormon underwear. <laughs> they're all... They're all Mormon. <laughs> they're all very comics accurate, though, which is... It's, it's kind of nice just to see yeah. it on screen, even if it is campy they're and silly as hell. Comic See, I'll give you that. I have no idea about comic accuracy, so that's why I don't like them. Well, they're comic accurate <laughs> for then. You're not going to look read a Batman comic now and then watch that movie and say, oh, yeah, those costumes. Because uh, Batman wears, like, battle armor and shit because the writers realize, oh, wait, he's just a person. He would have more protection. Aha, full-length tan pantyhose, just like in the funny books. <laughs> So uh, back in the Batcave, Robin develops a photo in a machine labeled Film Developing Tank Super Fine Bat Grain. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin says, holy Merlin the Magician. Oh my god. Uh, that line. Robin, Merlin was a wizard, dude. Don't, don't downplay his commitment to magic. some <laughs> respect on right? Merlin the Magician. Harry Potter's not a warlock, he's a wizard. I know that in the old sequel, cart in the trickster. sequel is actually just Holy Merlin the pickpocket, and then he continued to get downgraded. <laughs> Holy Merman the popper. Did you say Merman? 
I said Merlin. You said you Merlin. Absolutely said Merman. I've, I've, I've got pirates on the brain. Holy Merman. Which led me to SpongeBob, which led me to Mermaid Man. Holy Holy Jesus the magician. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus the magician. Jesus was our Lord and Savior. Do not downplay him. Uh, oh, man. Hey. Relax. So apparently the bat camera was pointed right at the yacht. But the photo only shows an image of the sea, so Batman deduced that the yacht was simply a projected illusion. He says, It deceived our naked eyes, but was blocked by the bat camera's polarized bat filter. They had an Elmo machine. That's all it was. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, some comic book purists didn't like how Christopher Nolan's movies got rid of a lot of classic names for Batman-related stuff, like the Batmobile was re- you know, renamed the Tumblr. The bat signals never really named. The batterings are never called that by name. But there is honestly more than enough bat crap in this movie for a hundred Batman movies to come. This movie's a steaming pile of bat crap. I should have made a column labeled (laughs) bat crap. Because they're just throughout my notes, man. Just pure guano. Organizational skills. Ideas for episode two. Guano. Guano. (laughs) Bad guano. (laughs) Batman realizes the projection came from a nearby bell buoy, and he remembers the exact coordinates off the top of his head. (laughs) The exact coordinates. And Robin feeds that shit into the navigational aid computer, and Burt Ward is clearly just mashing random buttons in this scene. (laughs) And uh, he learns that there's no legal bell buoy located there, so the dynamic duo head off to the bat boat. And in the boat, Robin is told to keep an eye out for suspicious vessels and nothing showing up on the scope because it can't detect the submarine that the bad guys are in. And this submarine, clearly a model, by the oh, way, certainly. is decked out to look like a penguin, complete with paddling feet in the <laughs> rear, like huge paddling feet. They paddle as it moves, yeah. They spin like a child. It's like one of those toys that you drag on the ground with, <laughs> with a string. Like the, the I keep hitting this microphone with my headphones. I'm sorry, but I don't know how to edit those out, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's but, our first episode. But yeah, it's, it's like it's rough. like the cheap toys that were at your aunt's house where it's like, oh, great, this thing doesn't work. This That's exactly <laughs> what that thing is. It's one of those toys where the feet go. Thanks, Aunt Sherry. Where where are these guys getting their money? Like, Batman is a... I, I guess they're stealing it, probably. Batman's oh, a billionaire, so or a millionaire at, at this time <laughs> in the 1960s. Um... <laughs> Anyway, there's a pirate on board named Bluebeard with a blue beard. No, 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 no. Everybody knows blue is not a naturally occurring color. Just like blueberries and just like blue corn tortilla chips, it's actually a purple beard. Which I well, thought was a huge oversight. I think the actor clearly has dark hair, and that was as good as they could get it. Yeah, but... Mean. Whatever. What some peroxide on that bitch. So the Riddler keeps pulling up his mask whenever he talks, as if that helps for some reason. I, I don't understand this actor's problem uh, with his mask. I guess it's just like a thing he decided to do for his character or something. But, I mean, you got a domino mask on. Like, how much is that really... Muffling your voice? Yeah. Like, um, maybe you just couldn't see very well. So the penguin makes an announcement into a mic that's also designed to look like a penguin, and they detect the bat boat on the radar. And the stunt double playing Robin in this shot is clearly wearing headphones. Like, 
radio communication or something, I'm sure. But um, the submarine periscope emerges from the sea, and surprise, surprise, it also looks like a penguin. (laughs) Which, by the way, if you are trying to stay hidden, if you want to be innocuous, do not ever, 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 ever make the periscope on your already penguin submarine also look like a penguin <laughs> when your super villain identity is the penguin. I mean, logic just goes out the window in this movie. Logic uh, shot yeah. itself in the face. So, um, they spot Batman and Robin climbing onto the buoy, and the two discover an underwater shark cage attached. Apparently the shark didn't swallow a floating mine at all, but rather was stuffed with TNT. So, Penguin orders Joker, uh, to order the crew to load torpedoes because chain of command and uh, Batman's inspecting the buoy with a magnifying glass he says salt and corrosion the infamous old enemies of the crime fighter no <laughs> prints here the F- top on FBI's most wanted list damn, salt and corrosion damn them. his deputy his lieutenant corrosion salt and corrosion is here <laughs> <laughs> but prints are not um, luckily, Robin finds a hidden plate that Batman removes to reveal the projector. Holy Long John Silver. Holy Long John Silver. And then they notice the submarine periscope and realize they're in trouble. And as they're about to leave, Penguin has his crew member activate a hidden penguin magnet inside the buoy, trapping Batman and Robin by the metallic stuff in their utility belts. Which, can we talk about... Holy glue pot. Oh, holy glue. I, didn't, I forgot about that one. But can we talk about... How when Robin sees the periscope, which is obviously shaped like a penguin's head, he doesn't point at it and say, Hey, Batman, you know how we're looking for the penguin? That looks like a penguin to me. He says, Pirate Periscope. Just pirate. Pirate Periscope. That's it. <laughs> you know, pirates, penguins. You know how that common association on their ships? <laughs> on their... <laughs> Captain Hook had a periscope, and he was too busy looking out of it, and that's how he crash-landed in uh, Gotham City. That said, remind me to write submarine pilots in my list of movie ideas for later on. (laughs) What? That's a pretty good one. Uh, As the villains fire off their torpedoes, Batman uses a super energy reverse polarizer to cause the torpedoes (laughs) to explode. Unfortunately, the batteries in his device die, and the last torpedo gets through and explodes. Cut to... Batman and Robin speeding away on the Batboat. But how did they get away? Robin says, gosh, Batman, the nobility of the almost human porpoise. (laughs) True, Robin, it was noble of that animal to hurl himself into the path of that final torpedo. I like to think... He gave his life for ours. I like to think he was not a noble... First off, in real life, Dolphins are not going to commit suicide for you. They're not going to sacrifice their lives. But in whoa, this movie, whoa, whoa. Porpoises. Okay, porpoises. Please. In Come this on, movie, man. I'll give it a pass, but I like to think this one wasn't trying to, like, kill itself or anything. He was just drunk and lost. He was trying to find his way home. It was an accident. Well, what if it was trying to attack him? Because Batman didn't have his uh, porpoise repellent spray on him. He, it, it was still, it in, was still the in the Batcopter. <laughs> Probably. It's research and development right now because we didn't see it on the back. Oh my gosh. Morgan Freeman just frantically developing porpoise <laughs> repellent. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> it took me so long, he changed faces five times. Once they're back at the dock, Robin calls the Pentagon's Navy Department in Washington, and they're just trying to figure out, like, how the bad guys got a hold of this submarine, and the guy admits that he sold a submarine recently also, to a uh, chap named P.N. Gwynn. Oh, okay, so he didn't, they didn't steal the submarine. It he was, it. well, he says, I don't know, he's, I, he, I don't think he says sold. I think he just says, like, they got rid of it somehow or something. But, you know, he probably sold it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still in money. Um, anyway, Batman so, is pissed because it's obviously the penguin. <laughs> and then a missile <laughs> launches up and out of the hmm. sea, and it's an obvious stock it's obvious stock footage of an actual Polaris missile launch. <laughs> there are a lot of these stock footage scenes. Oh god! Possibly the same ones used over and over. Oh, every the Polaris time a one is, is definite. They yeah. they flipped it one time, and Polaris is just <laughs> backwards on the rocket. <laughs> Holy Polaris, says Robin. Uh, the missile writes a riddle in the form of a joke in the sky and smoke. What does a turkey do when he flies upside down? Jesus. I do not remember the answer to this one. He gobbles up. That's right. What weighs six ounces, sits in a tree, and is very dangerous. Oh, don't point at me. A sparrow with a machine gun. What? Every single riddle in this movie is the most ridiculous is thing I've ever heard. Is that an anti-joke? I'll I... admit that the, the answers to the riddles and the conclusions they jump to with the answers, I thought that part, I enjoyed that part. That part made me laugh. It's appropriately campy. Like yeah, I mean, it's, it fits, it's funny. It it's is the tone ridiculous. of this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the answers confirm that the villains are working together to take over the world. Like the audience knows this already, and now Batman and Robin are finally confirming it for themselves. Like oh, no. thirty minutes after we figure it out. Well, wh- what do you think they want? Do you think they want Gotham? Well, today Gotham, tomorrow the world, according well, to their mean, slogan. <laughs> I guess if there were two of them, I would think they wanted Gotham. To which, Commissioner Gordon responds with, do you think they want the whole country? And Batman says, well, if there were three of them, they would want the country. But there are four. So, obviously, they want the world. That ups the ante by, like, 250 countries. Yeah. Yeah. Three of them can handle a country, but with an extra one, now they can can roll over everybody. (laughs) <laughs> with all their pirates. Um, so Bluebeard will be a mighty general. <laughs> just a warlord. <laughs> I would love that movie. General Bluebeard. He's the Somalian warlord, I assume. <laughs> God. <laughs> God rest so, uh, Somalia. Back at United Underworld headquarters, the villains are concocting a plan to take over the world by attacking the Security Council at the United World headquarters. But they have to get rid of Batman first. And Catwoman is finally in costume here, which is pretty nice. <laughs> I am not complaining. It was definitely fine. Just okay. Ellipses. Yes. Exclamation point. <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. The the ass to waist ratio on this woman is ridiculous. <laughs> she looks I think it's- so good. I think it was I, Jacob who said to me that she has safety rails attached to her body. <laughs> My mother is going to hear this. Oh, no. My dad has to listen to this, too. Oh, shit. Send me that link, son. support me enough to care. And as soon as Christian said fuck the first time, I was like, 
Well, guess I'm not sending that link anymore. <laughs> oh, got lost. Oh, we, we we decided not to do the podcast. Sorry, I didn't Dad. Know you weren't allowed to swear. Nobody warned me. No, oh, I man. I will. I'll let my mom listen to it uh, and be appropriately disappointed in just what I think of Catwoman's costume in this movie. <laughs> oh man, is, this is where she turns it off. Dot dot dot. Exclamation point. <laughs> oh my gosh. So the Riddler combines individual plans to lure Batman back to their base. They're going to launch him through the window with Joker's jack-in-the-box onto Penguin's exploding (laughs) octopus. There's another sea creature that we're just blowing up for some reason. Peter should give Penguin a call. Oh, hold on. I wrote, I wrote down, uh, I wrote down the exact dialogue used in it, and it's every bit as good. It's necessary to say the whole thing. Let's let's hear it. It is. We shall spring them from the. Joker's jack-in-the-box through that window out over the sea and into the waiting arms of the penguin's exploding octopus. And whenever he says exploding octopus, nobody is like, oh, what a bizarre idea for a trap to spring them out of the window of a boat into a living creature strapped with explosives rather than just, I don't know, a bomb? How about somebody pick up a knife and stab him right when he walks in? <laughs> right He's through his fucking felt uniform. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for bait, they plan to use Catwoman's Kitka disguise to seduce and capture Bruce Wayne, expecting Batman will come for him. Whoa. <laughs> um, nope. <laughs> yeah, and then I put a note in here about the exploding sea creatures. The writer clearly had a vendetta. <laughs> also, in the next scene, Kitka is seducing Bruce and mentions that her friends call her Kitka. You got food. Here I am, continuing with the notes, trying to explain this damn name to me. <laughs> you're, you're not explaining <laughs> to it myself. to us or the audience. At this I know. Point. You're explaining it to yourself. I'm just like, come on. I feel like Lisa Simpson on that episode where she cannot figure out the little <laughs> code that all the other kids in her class can, even though she's clearly smarter, and then it turns out to be super easy. Whoa, whoa, she's clearly smarter. What the hell is that supposed to mean, Ren? Women can't do no fighting. Whoa. Oh, no, no, no. I think he thinks he's clearly smarter than us. Is that what you think? Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> she gives... Batman some riddles and uh, that she claims well she gives Bruce Wayne some riddles that she claims were slipped under the door of her room saying that she suspects the Riddler Bruce excuses himself tells Alfred to meet him in the Batcave and slips into costume as he heads down to the Batcave where Robin is just kind of waiting around in costume like he's like sitting there doing homework or going over files or something like man dude get a life dude he's doing AP chemistry he's yeah. just going he's just going through the Gotham City arrest records like we gotta figure out who's in jail and who's not in jail I think this kid is way beyond AP chemistry like with the kind of shit that they're working on down in this bat cave not to mention the fact that he's clearly like 26 or 27 hey, no I think Burt Ward, Ward is like 20, 20. He was 21 when this movie came out no shit yeah. maybe it's just something about the 60s that makes everybody look like a dad oh yeah you know what i mean so um (laughs) batman wants robin's help in confirming the answers to the riddles that kitka gave him what has yellow skin and writes a ballpoint banana (laughs) you know the logical conclusion of course that's what that's every single one of these i think they make a point though where like batman says of course that's the only he does precisely (laughs) yeah it's the only possible answer he says at some point (laughs) Um, what people are always in a hurry, Russians. Thus, 
someone Russian is going to slip on a banana peel and break their neck, a clear threat to kick his leg. Like, what did, why did it have to be a ballpoint banana then? I don't know. Maybe maybe so that you because I don't know. Ballpoint banana kind of rolls off the tongue easier than a banana pin. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, why does it have to be a pin? They're just slipping on the peel of it. Like it just can't be a banana. I don't know. They they had one bag of laffy taffy to get all of these jokes from, and they only had ones about ballpoint bananas. I think I know what they were dropping on the laffy taffy before they wrote this movie. It was drugs. It was drugs, guys. It was drugs. It wasn't. So Bruce takes Kitka out to eat at a French restaurant. Um, oh, hold up. Back oh. up just a little. God. Enter Alfred into the Batcave who wants to know what the plan is. Batman plans to go on a date with Miss Kitka to watch over her with Alfred and Robin listening from the Batmobile close by. And Batman makes sure Alfred has his license first, of course. <laughs> Do you? He's a deputized police officer of the Gotham. <laughs> That's police true. Department. Had had he not had his license, Alfred's ass was going to jail. Pretty much. Maybe Bruce would have no. After putting him in jail, Bruce he would is have like no reaching for his bat was... cuffs, asking him about it. You have, you have your license, right? He's just holding a batarang to his throat. You don't want to beat Bubba's boyfriend tonight, do you, Alfred? <laughs> so Bruce takes Kitka out to eat at a French restaurant. Which takes her out dancing. Did you notice? Did either of you notice in the restaurant the uh, violinists were pirates? I yes, did. Yes. I was wondering. I half expected because it was so stupid and so cheesy. I think and they so just French. borrowed costumes from the I'm other sure. department or something. Like I, I was praying though because it was so stupid and cheesy in French. I half expected uh, Bruce Campbell from Spider-Man 3 to walk out. And be oh, man. Oh, Dude, no. <laughs> I'd have lost my mind. I think we're connecting universes here, guys. <laughs> you would have lost your mind if a character went back in time 40 years to appear in an unrelated movie. Yeah. I, think I, <laughs> I don't lost. think that's specific to yeah. you, man. <laughs> I'd have been confused for... You know what? Shut up. So they're on a horse carriage ride around town, and we see Robin and Alfred riding around together. And uh, Alfred has on a he has on a black domino mask like Robin's to conceal his identity, but literally <laughs> everything else about his attire is exactly the same, including his pair of Coke bottle glasses that he's wearing <laughs> over the mask. It's the stupidest thing. It's hilarious. It is, but, and it's also stupid. So in the carriage, Bruce wishes aloud for a way that the U.S. and Russia could just get along, and Miss Kitka affirms that they must search for such a method. <laughs> and then she starts whispering in his ear about her method as Robin watches from the viewing screen on the Batmobile, and Bruce's face in this scene is hilarious <laughs> because you can't hear what she's saying, but his facial expression goes from, like, listening intently to maybe a little confused to then just, like, really shocked and disgusted. <laughs> Or, like, scared. <laughs> I, I'm impressed, though, because I know that, like, movies were kind of, you know, they had to kind of watch where movies went. Yeah. And even, like, for that time, I feel like... Oh, yeah, some that's of the jokes are definitely racy. That's a clear sexual innuendo. Yes. And it lasts for, like, 15 minutes. Well, it's just... Oh, man, they the keep going, too. Yeah. Yes, they do. They this do. is one of those things where they just keep dragging it out in the movie, and it's, like, it's really padding out the runtime for whatever reason, but... Man. I mean, well, it's I mean, it's fine. It, like the plot device, I think is is fine for a Batman to you know want to sleep with Miss Kitka or whatever like that. 
But yeah. man, I under like I understand that yeah. they are going to have sexual intercourse. I it is need... funny though, just to see Robin like struggling with all this in the Batmobile. <laughs> Gosh, Alfred, I just I I, I I I I don't know that we should be watching this. It's not modest. <laughs> yeah, this kid's this kid is really suppressing something here that he's just struggling so hard having to watch. His buddy watch, Bruce. Watching Bruce Wayne in a romantic relationship. I told you, <laughs> young ward. I did write down in my notes during this 15 minute sequence my favorite note out of all the notes I took it's just B-Man in fuck mode that's the note that I took down I wrote something similar earlier it's him trying to get laid yes this whole all 30 minutes of it Christian doesn't normally talk like this mom sorry he absolutely does he does he does Um, (laughs) so Robin feels anxious about listening in on Bruce and Kika's sexy talk in the carriage but he checks in with the commissioner over the Batmobile's phone and as they're working in conjunction with the police Uh, so Robin comes up with the idea to flash the bat signal to make the crooks think that Batman and Robin are headed in the direction of police headquarters thus leaving Kitka open for attack so that they can ambush the, the bad guys um, Robin also mentions that they're in Gotham Central Park about to pass Benedict Arnold Monument, which <laughs> I, I found very weird. But I looked it up online. There is actually a monument to Benedict Arnold, but his name is nowhere on it. Is I can't... it in Gotham City Park? No, not this one. Um, it's <laughs> at a battlefield somewhere where um, he actually, when he was still, before he betrayed... Is it Ticonderoga? I think he was still... I, I don't know. I don't know Benedict Arnold history. I, I got to say, I don't know how to pronounce. I don't know how to pronounce that word, but you should probably like. I don't know if that's the correct correct pronunciation of it. Is it? Yes. It is. Okay. I was gonna say that seems like a word I would definitely make sure that I had studied before I started recording this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ticonderoga. Nope. Like, have you ever seen Ticonderoga pencils? No. I yeah. I, I have, but I had no. I I Stop always in my thing. brain it said Tinder Kaga. And so I, <laughs> I've never sounded it out. I just when what yeah, am I gonna, it's, Jacob, it's Taekwondo Droga. <laughs> am I gonna sound out the, the brand name of my pencils? <laughs> the Battle of Qui Gon Jinn took place. Qui Gon Drogon. So anyway, Master Sifidius. Um, yeah, there is a real monument somewhere though, but it doesn't have his name on it. It just has a picture of his leg because he broke his leg in the battle when he was like fighting for the Americans, which is really funny. It's called. I think it, it's called like, I think it's called the boot monument because it's just his foot on there. But how do we know it's his foot? That seems like a pretty. I'm pretty sure an artist can make a depiction connection. Of, <laughs> it's not his real foot. It's like well, a likeness I, of it. Clearly, it just that's, that doesn't sound like something that would require an artist at all. Just putting his real foot on like a stump. Well, they had to bronze it first. Of course. <laughs> Anyway, we're getting off track here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bruce sees the bat signal and he knows what's going on, and he just kind of unknowingly lays Robin's whole ruse out there for Catwoman, and she signals the other baddies with the little device from her purse as Bruce is busy dreaming about having sex with her. And, and waiting for his hot cocoa to warm up. Well, uh, that's, that's in a minute. They're oh, still in yeah, the carriage true. here. We haven't okay. even gotten there. Oh, this is the Meow Morse code. Now. Yes, they receive her <laughs> message in squeaky Morse code meows. <laughs> and <laughs> the penguin has his henchmen ready the jetpack umbrellas. <laughs> the three henchmen are called Finks Morgan, Bluebeard, and Quetch. And 
again, like I looked up some of these names, like Finks Morgan. I don't know, Captain Morgan maybe. Like, is what is that's a play off that maybe? Did I don't you find anything on Quetch because that name just Quetch is a gross. word, and it oh I can't remember what it means though. Something gross. I looked it up hey, and maybe I you want some I thought I memorized it. Quetch or whatever. I, anyway, Bluebeard's clearly a play on Blackbeard. Oh yeah. yeah. So Bruce accompanies her back to her borrowed penthouse apartment. They say that like 50 times. And after laying it on thick, they start making out. Robin's somehow able to watch this on the Batmobile's viewing screen because there's a camera up there somewhere. They bugged it beforehand. You got deputized officers of the That's law. true. That's they true. Totally That's true. They must that. have gotten a warrant or had a drone or, you know, um, other things from 1960. don't need a warrant, baby. So Robin's <laughs> watching and he turns off the screen again because he feels it's inappropriate to watch. And the rogues are on their way on their jetpack umbrellas, which are just giant umbrellas that they're straddling with a joystick to steer. <laughs> I and thought they were going for like a witch sort of vibe. Yeah, at first I thought they were brooms, and then I remembered, oh yeah, jetpack umbrellas. Of course. <laughs> the only logical conclusion. And this is like the first instance of this, but the Joker and the Penguin are both wearing domino masks now. Which, can we talk about that for a second? Because why? Exactly, like, I don't understand why... They're trying oh, to conceal no, their identities. On, now you don't look like a dude in a purple suit with a white. It face. doesn't even make sense. Like, even if it's campy or silly or whatever, like, mm. why would the writers even think to include this? It's yeah. just stupid. But um, there must be a sale in town, and they all just got them. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. so Bruce tries to fight them once they arrive, and he's really not being discreet at all about how easily he can kick all their asses. <laughs> He just doesn't. <laughs> he takes it takes the Joker, the Riddler, the Penguin, and a couple of pirates to subdue him in a dog pile, which Quetch. Penguin strikes a pose with his umbrella on top of once they finally have him pinned down. But he is like kicking their asses for a solid mm-hmm. two minutes. How do none of them pick up that he's Batman? How did how did not Kit Cut, because that's not her name, because that's stupid. How did Catwoman not pick it up when she was disguised as Kit Cut and he kept going, well, uh, Maybe Batman will show. Oh wait, no, that's later. I'm jumping ahead. That's on. That's in the hideout. Oh yeah. Relax, man. So, meanwhile, Alfred convinces Robin to check in on old Bruce, and he sees the wrecked penthouse apartment on the screen. Holy demolition! Holy demolition! And then I love it. Alfred says, "Bless my dustpan." <laughs> and then, like right afterwards, doesn't he see them riding off on the? Uh, yeah. He says, "Holy Halloween." Yep, so, they're taken off with Bruce in tow. They've kidnapped we, him. and We literally get, like, the script read, Holy Demolition, Bless My Dustpan, Holy, Holy Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> that, the, those, there are no lines in between. That's the sequence of events. I wonder if Burt Ward was just improv in any of these lines. I wish he would have continued to improv them over and over until the movie just faded to black with, like, a... <laughs> 60 style circle just getting darker toward the middle of With the screen. With him like trying to... <laughs> Holy ending. Holy ending. <laughs> Holy this will never end. Holy hole as it's like closing in around him, this circle. Holy... That's all, folks. So Bruce is unconscious sitting behind Bluebeard the pirate with his hands like bound around the pirate's waist and because of the awkward angle of this jetpack umbrella... His hands are planted pretty firmly on Bluebeard's crotch. And Bluebeard even, like, takes a moment to secure him a little bit. And he's just, like, grinding his hands into his crotch a little bit. It's really awkward looking. 
Um, (laughs) So, cut to a shot of the newspapers being printed with the headlines, Bruce Wayne and girl companion kidnapped. Attractive girlfriend seized in brazen snatch. And the above headline... uh, (laughs) It's been two hours. Oh, my God. My note says, the above headline is your chance to make a sexual joke, Ren. It's up to you whether you take that chance. (laughs) But you said snatch. Yeah, you said said brazen snatch, and Christian and I both went, hmm. Attractive girlfriend seized in brazen snatch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, Jacob's mom. Um, Oh, also yeah, of note, that said that I'm not going to make that Here joke. it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> also of note, the paper is the Gotham City Times, meaning it looks like our old pal Mr. Merrick from the press conference got the scoop on this one. <laughs> the scoop. Because let's not ignore the fact that they got kidnapped maybe an hour ago. It's been maybe an hour. And they're printing <laughs> the those papers out. already written Hot and off printed the presses. and printed out an extra about it. Extra. <laughs> <laughs> so Back at the United Underworld headquarters, again, Penguin looks at the unconscious Bruce Wayne and wonders why Batman didn't show up hours ago to attempt a rescue. Catwoman swears she left a good enough clue back at the penthouse while Joker adds the finishing touches to his jack-in-the-box spring trap. Riddler... Literally so much information here telling them. Because he's about to kick all their asses again. Yes. And Batman never came to rescue them. (laughs) Nope. How do they not? How does nobody? It's like all Ant-Man four of them, yeah, and, and literally Bruce Wayne expresses doubt that Batman will show up. Like, how does not? How does everybody in Gotham not know? Oh yeah, Bruce Wayne, he's uh, Batman. These are the four people that are going to conquer the world. <laughs> nobody, nobody on Earth sounds like Adam West. So in this movie, nobody on Earth sounds like Bruce Wayne, except for one dude, Batman. <laughs> and also, um, oh my God, Captain Kirk. Um, How did that name just totally... <laughs> William Shatner, holy shit. William Shatner also sounds very similar. Um, it was well, actually William Shatner all along. In which fact. actually, they're, they're releasing a new animated movie in this universe. with It's like Adam West, for the last time, providing the voice for Batman and Burt Ward. And William Shatner is playing Two Face, which he was never in the original series. All I think right, that's I guess really I'll cool. Watch it. Yeah. Right? That's the perfect choice. So um, Riddler makes a claim here that there will be nothing to link them to the crime, which makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, Considering they've been leaving clues in the in, in the, the sky. fucking sky, blowing up <laughs> missiles in the blowing sky, blowing up animals. <laughs> Oh, There's good nothing thing to we leave have no physical evidence except for a fucking wake of a demolished sea creatures. Joe's Crab Shack had to just close down. For the if day. only they could figure out who P and Gwen is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bruce comes to and he immediately asks about Miss Kitka and even threatens to kill them all if anything has happened to her. Which, man, I would expect that from Ben Affleck, but not from Adam West Batman. Adam West should have threatened to, like, tickle them or something. (laughs) So she says, uh, so Catwoman says uh, to blindfold Bruce and lead him down the labyrinth, the labyrinthine path to chamber 17, which also makes no sense because, as we see later, they just lead him into the very next room. Oh. Like, you don't see them lead him there, so you assume that that's correct, but then later he just walks right into the next room and it's that same room. Yeah. I I don't get it. Anyway... 
Uh, Catwoman changes back into her Kitka disguise, and Bruce is led into a room where she's lying on a bed with her hands tied behind her back. Yeesh. This is what she was telling him about all along, I assume. This is... This doesn't look good. (laughs) So he tells her he's worried Batman isn't on his way and asks if she's heard any mention of another captive, Commodore Schmidlap, who we are reminded is a character in this movie. This is like 30 (laughs) minutes after we saw him. Uh, Then he tells her that he's got a tiny radio transmitter strapped above his left elbow if she can just get to it. And he says the device is a safety contrivance for capitalists such as himself who carry large sums of money. (laughs) But really, he's aware that the other villains are listening in, and this is all just like a big ploy of his. Uh, So when they come get him and return to the other room, they loosen the binds on his hands to check his elbow, and he uses the opportunity to beat the fuck out of everyone in the room (laughs) all over again. I thought he actually had a radio transmitter up. I saw that. I did too, honestly. Like, I... And I thought he actually had a radio tra- I didn't realize it that It just kind of slipped out. But I'm pretty sure he is. it's a total ploy for him to get him to do that. Because Who as, cares enough to even that's worry true. about it? As he's beating them up, he says something like about how it was It was all made up. Oh, see, I was more... Con- I was busy being confused about how they don't know. It's weird, though, because I mean, the dialogue that he's... Like, when where he explains that he's in the middle of punching people yeah. and it's really faint. Yeah. I only caught it cause of subtitles, but, um, so Bruce goes into the very next room, the same room as before looking for Miss Kitka, but she's nowhere to be found weird. And then he does a kind of cool thing where he opens the door and he punches with both fists, <laughs> knocking the Joker penguin and Riddler. He punches back. with two fists and somehow manages to punch three people. <laughs> you know, like you do. Yeah. Physics. Uh, it's his ultimate punch. His, his ultimate punch. His ultimate was ready. And then he escapes out the window, runs across the roof, and he dives into the nearby water to swim away. Hey guys, Ren here. Uh, we ran a little bit longer with this episode than we intended. Uh, about twice as long, actually. So we're going to split this into two parts, and uh, we'll just try to keep better track of our time next time. So, uh, yeah, you'll get this half this week, and then join us next week for part two of Batman 66 on superhero fatigue. Thanks, guys.